And hello and welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on a uh, Friday night. Uh, it is December the 20th, and uh, here we are at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you and welcome to the uh, to my studio. And um, I appreciate those that have already been um, chatting and that are already here. Uh, Brother Gabriel just signed in said, I'm here. Hey, Brother Gabriel and all those others. Um, so... All right, uh, just my way of announcement uh, as we always get started. Um, always check us out on all the other uh, different platforms. Uh, Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast platforms, okay? So type that in to either podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S dot com, or on iHeartRadio, uh, or, I, let's see, Apple Podcast, yes. and um, Or you can go on to uh, Facebook, and that's where I've been migrating a lot of the videos. All of them are migrated over, except for this one, obviously. And uh, on my Let This Mind Be In You Ministries page on Facebook. You can check us out there. Also, I um, I got my dona- uh, domain name, I guess. is So I went through WordPress, and I got uh, the domain name, letthismindbeinyou.org. Now, I don't know a whole lot about... Um, websites. I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like yet. Um, it's It was uh, not that much money to set it up for an entire year, but it doesn't have a lot of storage. What I'd like to eventually do is get the website to have a player so I can live stream, but also be able to upload all the videos so that they would be saved. And um, the storage, I think, is going to be an issue. So anyways, be praying about that. And if you have any idea about uh, websites or anything like that you want to give me a hand with, uh, hit me up on ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Brother Swope, Brother Ryan Swope sent me a uh, an email right before uh, we went live, and I'll have to read that later, brother, but uh, thanks for sending that. And uh, my mom is on here saying hello. Hello, mama. And Mr. Moore, Adam Moore, good evening. Good evening to you, sir. Uh, we have a sister, Elizabeth, looks like here. Hello, hello. And Brother Ryan Smith. So uh, those are all the people that have rogered in so far. Brother JT, uh, be praying for him. He's uh, meeting with a friend of his tonight. Uh, he's not going to be able to make it on this live stream. I'm sure he'll watch later on, though. But uh, be praying for him as uh, he deals with his friend. And so uh, be praying for Brother JT tonight. It's uh, it's lonely in the studio. No uh, Nobody here tonight. Uh, my wife is upstairs with the babies and getting them all put to bed. And so I don't have the uh, Brother James here, but it wasn't, I really, I went back and watched it a couple of times just because there were so many convicting, uh, encouraging things that were brought up on the podcast last week that I've watched it a couple more times. So I encourage you to go watch that as well. Uh, we were in Romans chapter six, so go, so go back and watch that and uh, tell all your friends, okay? I think it would be a big help, especially to the brethren. Uh, so tonight we're going to be in Romans chapter seven. Uh, is by way of introduction or announcement to next week on Monday, Monday night, be looking for a surprise. Well, I guess not really a surprise live stream. And um, we're going to be, I, I was thinking about doing it later on in the week, but I think I'm going to do it on Monday night where we're going to read the account of the birth of Jesus Christ, the um, God manifest in the flesh. And uh, what an amazing event that was. And how important that was for our salvation now. So the testator came 
And uh, so we're going to be reading about that on uh, next Monday night with uh, potentially a, a guest in studio with us as well. So be looking for that. And then next Thursday, next Friday, somewhere around there, we'll pick back up with uh, Romans chapter 8 if we get there. Okay, so let's get started. I'm going to get a drink of water real quick, and uh, we'll get started. I'm excited about tonight. Now, I'm going to preface uh, this these uh, this Romans chapter seven. What there's a, a a part in here that I'm gonna I'm gonna park on a little bit. You know, I'll stick around it, and I'm gonna talk about something that gets brought up um, amongst Christians and uh, gets sort of debated. Um, I'm just gonna give you some thoughts of uh, what what I've been taught from some of these scriptures, and um, it's convinced me in a certain way. Now, whether that convinces you or so forth, let the spirit lead, of course. And, uh, but, um, and if there's some disagreement on it, I, Hey, I'm, I'm open for discussions and stuff like that. And so we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. It's not a huge deal. Um, at least in my mind, but sometimes people get a little bit passionate about different things and that's fine. And, uh, we just want to go to the scriptures. That's what the whole entire point of this ministry is. So let's go ahead and get started here. Uh, we ended off we're ended up uh, last time, obviously, at the end of Romans 6, where it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, continuing on. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Now, we see this um, really clearly. Paul is talking to those that know the law, okay? He knew the law very well, obviously being of the Sanhedrin and and learning from Gamaliel, and uh, so he knew it, and he was speaking to that. And now he's going to give some examples, just some examples of how the law has dominion over our life, because Adam fell. Uh, if you're if you're new to the Bible, because of the sin nature, because Adam fell, there's sin entered into the world, and just because we are now redeemed, our spirit, our soul has been redeemed doesn't mean we don't have struggles in the flesh. And Paul's going to talk about this, um, talking about how there's still that law that's there. And um, it doesn't go away. We, you know, People talk about the liberty we have in Christ now. Yes, but at the same time, the God's word is still uh, applicable. Okay, It doesn't go away. And it, and it shows our shortfalls and shortcomings a lot in this flesh. And Paul's going to talk about that. So here's some examples that he uses. First one, for the woman, verse 2, which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Um... Okay, so this is pretty straightforward, okay? Now, there's a lot of debate that goes back and forth of, you know, is there ever justification for uh, divorce? Now, there's a lot of people that talk about, uh, uh, I think it was, you know, it was Jesus was was uh, asked the same question. He talked about, well, yes, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses wrote this bill of divorcement, and that had a lot to do with the, 
betrothal period, you know, how they were technically married, just like Joseph was technically married to Mary before they came together, and he was wanting to put her away. That would be under a bill of divorcement. Um, there was other different thoughts on that. Uh talks about, I believe, in Corinthians, where Paul talks about uh, the unbeliever um, and the believing wife, or it might be husband. Either way, but it's saying if it'd be happy to stay, then you're, you're okay, stay. But if they be departed, you know, if they depart from you and they're not wanting to be with you anymore, the unsaved person that is in this relationship, um, it seems to indicate that that's okay. Now, as far as the remarriage part, look, there's a lot of debate, and this is not what we're going to get stuck on tonight. So, But the point is, is that the law was there, okay? Paul's making a a statement, a, a an example of marriage is supposed to be for a lifetime. And uh, my wife in the other room said, yes, absolutely. Right, honey? Yeah, yeah, she says amen to that. And so it's for her life. And um, she's whether or not she puts me in the ground or not, you know, so I better behave. So uh, we'll, we'll move on. But the point is, is that, uh, you know, it's for a lifetime. That Paul is saying the law is for life. All right, so verse 4 says, Wherefore? My brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Now, because he fulfilled all the law, now we are, spiritually speaking, we're dead to that law. The law no longer has reign. Remember, the law was a schoolmaster. We'll talk about that here in a few moments going into Galatians. But that's the point. The But ye are also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Simply saying that now we are a new creature. All things have become new. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. We still have this body of flesh, though, and Paul's going to talk about that. So sometimes there's a lot of confusion about this. He's like, well, it seems like we should be able to live without sin. Can we be sinlessly perfect? In this life, we're not. And we're about to see the greatest Christian. Okay, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. The greatest Christian that ever walked this planet, okay, is about to talk about himself as being nothing good in him, which is like, wow, okay, uh, I guess that means that we can't, you know, we should still strive for it, but we're not going to be sinlessly perfect um, in this life at all. No means. Um, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, as we've already read. So anyways, uh, getting back to it, uh, let's see, verse 5. I got lost my place for a second. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. And we saw this last time. Me and Brother James were talking about that. If you watch that, we talked about in verse 20, I believe, of chapter 6. Yes. For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. Okay? You couldn't, you couldn't do anything good at all. You're free from righteousness. And that brought forth death. But now, verse 6, amen for the, the, the but right here. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the, of the letter. Uh, what this speaks to me is that now um, through the power of the spirit, that's the way we should be living our life. Not because of... Um, well, 
I'm going to set these set of rules and I'm going to live by these rules and just the stringence, so rule, 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 rule. Because then it becomes about the law instead of about the serving with out of a heart, out of the heart, the conforming and living in the spirit and doing things that he would have you to do. Now, this gets kind of, well, convoluted. It's like, well, should we you know, not serve this part of the law? Is it talking about the, um, these Levitical laws? What is it? Look, folks, when it comes down to it, now in this, we are free from the law in this dispensation, meaning simply that now that we are saved, we have the Holy Spirit that will direct our path. He's going to direct our path on a day-to-day. We can quench that. We can live in the flesh. We can do all these sorts of things. The point is, is that in order to live and to have newness of spirit, we need to serve that as opposed to just serving out of the, not in the oldness of the letter, the letter of the law, you know, walking around like, oh my goodness, can I go a certain amount of steps in, on the Sabbath day? Look, folks, we're free from that law. That law was to bring people to, to realize, and we're about ready to get to that, that they could not fulfill it. There was only one that fulfilled all the law. All right, verse 7. Now, verse 7, 8, and 9 is uh, the point that I'm going to kind of talk about something. And, um, again, I don't want it to be a point of contention, but um, it's, it's just something that I'd like to bring up because as I went through this before, it kind of jumped off the page, and um, I just want to go through it. Um, I've seen a couple different people come in here. Uh, Brother Abraham and Brother Harlow. Hey, Brother Harlow. Thank you, brother. I got your email. I didn't know if you were going to be able to make it on here live, but uh, I'm glad you did. So welcome to you, brother. All right. Verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. Okay? So here's here's the example that Paul's going to bring. Okay? Here's the, the reason. Is the law sin? No. It's not sinful. It was a good thing because it got him to um, recognize things. Um, as far as what lust was, Thou shalt not covet. Oh, I get that. I understand that. All right, turn to Galatians while we're uh, in verse 7 here. I just want to bring something up here. Galatians chapter 3. Um, and ver- let's go ahead and start in, let's start in verse 23. And it says, but before faith came, this is Galatians chapter 3. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Again, uh, we understand this. When you've been in school, you understand the schoolmaster, the teacher there, the one that's you know giving you the lessons. Here's, here's the, the textbook, so to speak. And you're like, oh, this is how I learn the lessons. This is how we knew the schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. Now turn back to Romans chapter 7. 
It says in verse 8, But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. Now, we know that because of one man, sin entered into the world. We know we have a sin nature because of that. We know that because of Adam and Adam's race, that's us, the human race, was plunged into sin, separation. We know this. But Paul's about ready to bring something up here to um, basically clarify exactly what part of us is dead and at what point we are dead. Now look, verse 9, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Now, I want to talk about something real quick as we've just read down through verse 7, 8, 9. And that's the point of, uh, uh, what's the, the term that people use? I, I haven't found it. It's nowhere in the Bible. But people talk about the age of accountability. And what I want to sub, uh, submit to you tonight is that we should stop calling it the age of accountability or different stuff like that and just um, and just talk about what moment that is the moment that they that a person has recognition when the commandments come when it says that but when the commandment came and what i think this is talking about is that paul knew from a young child these laws he knew he was raised as a good jewish boy he would learn all these different things but at a certain point he came to the realization of what the commandments were what they were supposed to be doing, what and what God had set them to be, which was the schoolmaster to say to him, hey, Paul, at the time, Saul, you cannot live and fulfill all these laws. And I think at that moment, when somebody is able to recognize that, now, a lot of people talk about what age is that. Look, I have no idea. I don't think anybody out there does as well. But I think that people are safe, not saved, but I think they're safe up until a certain point. Uh, I think some people that are raised in, let's just say, in, in, in church or something like that, and they're raised around the King James Bible, their people are uh, good Bible-believing, kind of uh, surrounding them all the time, and they could be learning these things. I think that the danger is is that people learn to mimic, so we need to be very careful about that. I have two young children, and I will tell you, the, the thing that I pray about all the time is that the fact that the, my, my two young kids will get to the point, whenever that point is, is that when they understand the commandments, when they understand the sin in whose eyes they are sinners in front of, when they understand that they have broken God's law, not something that's written down on some book that their mom and dad reads to them, but they understand that this is from God, and they understand that their place, I think that that's the moment where they're going to have to make a decision. The first moment they'll ever get a chance to make that decision. Now, whatever time that is, I don't know. Some people want to put an age on it. Some people want to talk about, well, it's impossible here, and it's I just don't know, folks, but what I will tell you is that we are to give the word of God, proclaim it, even to our young children, and then when the Spirit convicts them, when the commandments come, sin will revive and they'll die. And I believe that's talking about dying spiritually. Once they understand that they're dead, spiritually speaking, 
Obviously, they're alive. They're conscious. They understand that they're my my little girl already knows when you know she's about to get hurt or something like that. She's flinching. She's already trying to preserve herself because she understands she's alive. She understands those things, but she has no spiritual consciousness. She has no idea that the when mommy and daddy tell her to do something and she disobeys, that she's not just disobeying us. She's disobeying God. She has no idea about that concept yet. And uh, so that's what uh, I, I just kind of wanted to bring up tonight. Whenever that is, and I think, I think people will start to recognize that. You'll start to recognize that in a child, whatever age that may be, that they start understanding, like, oh, I, I, I can't fulfill these things. I'm, I'm a sinner. And they understand the fact that there are, they, there's nothing good in them. They can understand and, and come to the realization that they can come to the end of their own self-righteousness, that they can't do anything good. I think that's the moment when sin revives and they die. Now, the question will come up, well, what about somebody that lives in the deepest, darkest ports of Africa? You know, you'll get those questions. And from a apologetics type uh, scenario, that it may be a difficult question to answer. But I will say this. The Bible talks about also their conscience. And people are without excuse. And I have faith at the fact that God provides everybody the opportunity at some point. And I think that that is, whether that's 12 years old, whether that's six years old, I just don't know. But I think that everybody gets that chance. We have a comment here. Uh, Brother Gabriel says, I think a child knows what's right and wrong by the minimum of age four or five. And I would tend to agree. They do know right and wrong, but they maybe they just don't understand uh, the concept of who they are in the eyes of God yet by that age. I don't know. Some do. Uh, some have, uh, you know, make a... Uh, profession of faith at that age and never have any doubts that they're they're saved and um uh, who am i to say okay uh, i remember at five years old i knew right from wrong i remember my mom leading me uh through the bible and understanding those concepts to a certain degree but i don't think i made a true profession of faith at five years old um that came about four years later four or five years later so for me some people don't have any doubts on that kind of stuff and that's fine and so I do. I would agree with you. By about the age of four or five, they're starting to understand those things. But it's up to us as parents to be very careful that they don't mimic what they see. Okay, understand the right words to say, and this will make mommy and daddy happy. Of course, it'll make us extremely happy. But at the same time, they need to make that personal decision. It's on a personal level. Uh, what was that? Romans fourteen. 12, I think Vato's not in here right now, but it says, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now, you know, in context, that's, there's a, but everybody will stand before God one day. Now, we'll stand before God in our, in his righteousness, or people will stand before God in their own quote unquote righteousness, and he'll judge them as such. And uh, so we'll see that. And then uh, Brother Ryan says, Excuse me. 
And Brother Ryan says, all the laws and commandments are directed towards relationships, too. Christ must be that. He has, he's our, the head. Our sin separates us from him and ruins our relationship with him. Yes, the fellowship, so forth and so on. Uh, yes, Brother Gabriel again. Yeah, I would agree, but that they're not old enough at age four or five to know they're sinners and are in the need of a Savior, but knowing what's right and wrong in general, yes. Yeah, I mean, again, some do. I've known somebody, and again, I think it's all about the surroundings that you're in as well. If somebody, if you're surrounded by the Word of God and He uses His Word to have the Spirit convict you at that age, who am I to say? If they understand, if the commandments came, sin revived. See, it says here, for I was alive without the law once. I think that means alive spiritually speaking. But at that moment that these children, whatever age that is, uh, come to that realization, they're going to have a decision to make. And I want that decision for my children to say, hey, I see in my mom and dad that this is not some sort of fakeness. Okay? I want them to see through the power of the Spirit that what we have is real it's not contrived. It's not fake. And then they're going to have a decision to make, whatever age that is. And um, I pray that that's early in their life, whatever age that is. So I just wanted to bring that up because sometimes there's controversy about that kind of stuff. But I think these verses right here kind of sum it up. I haven't been able to find anything else in the Bible that talks about, quote, unquote, an age of accountability. But I think what Paul's talking about here is the understanding. When you can understand that. I know people that are in their 40s that have the mind of a four-year-old. I think that they're safe. If they just don't, if they can't grasp the concept, I think that they're safe. And um, that's just me. Um, these couple verses here just kind of clear that up for me in, in my mind. So it would be interesting to see what other people have to say about that at some other time. But moving on. I hope that makes sense to you out there. I, I don't want it to be. Um, I don't want to be misconstrued or uh, provide any kind of uh, confusion on that. Brother Omar says Mark two seventeen. I'm not sure what that is, but we'll turn there. Mark chapter two and verse seventeen. Yeah, when Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Yeah. When somebody can understand the fact that they are a sinner, not that they do stuff that's wrong. Um, and I think that that comes at, an, at, a, at a relatively early age. I think God um, makes it very clear, especially in America, or pick a country uh, where there's people at least with that sort of understanding that there is a God and he created us. Now, it's being fought against, obviously, and uh, America by no means is a Christian nation. But my point is is that it depends on where people are at and what kind of surroundings. And I appreciate the fact that I was raised in a, uh, in, in a good Christian home where the King James Bible was... Uh, stood upon it was the 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 foundation and uh, and so I had a exposure at an earlier age than some so 
I, I thank God for that. Uh, Brother Gabriel is talking about professing Christians pray a prayer as a child and think they got saved. And uh, they're false converts all their lives. Yeah, uh, Brother Gabriel, I think that's the mimicking part that I was talking about, that there's a, uh, that uh, people will bring them through and say, hey, you know, don't you want to go to heaven when you die? Um, well, of course they do. They're, you know, five, six years old. Or, you know, if that's the way that they were led, I, I would I would caution against that. Uh, the point being is that it's so simple. The gospel is so simple that even a child, a very young child, can understand it, and they can understand their place. When the commandments came, sin revived and I died. Uh, the understanding of what the law actually is, therefore, I think that's what's the important part. So, yes, I would agree with that. And I, that also pushes back on and people that think that uh, – that we teach here, um, that I teach, that prayer somehow is what saves somebody. It does not. People can pray a prayer in vain. Uh, I showed that when the uh, the Pharisee was praying to himself, essentially, because uh, it says that in, where is that, Matthew? But it's basically speaking about the fact that he was praying in himself, that I'm thankful I'm not as He was praying a prayer. He was, you know, believing in a God, but it, it it didn't go anywhere because a head knowledge doesn't go anywhere. It comes from the heart. And so, yeah, a lot of different, uh, Brother Gabriel's talking about, it varies from person to person, talking about brain development and understanding. Absolutely. So, again, I don't have a, I don't have a def- definitive answer. Um, people have speculated People talk about different things, and what I just want to say is that we are biblically based here. I will always want to go to the Word of God for where I stand biblically on things. So this doesn't give an actual age that Paul talked about. He, I have no idea when this was. Now, some could say that this was on the road to Damascus, but no. No, he understood at a way earlier age than that. Yeah, so... Anyways, all right, Uh, let's uh, continue here in verse 10. And it says here, and the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. See, again, speaking that it's not a physical death, we know we're all dying because, you know, no one's going to live forever in this corruption. um, It'll have to put on incorruption. But that's the point. Our soul, our spirit can be redeemed. We can be quickened in spirit and all these different things. But we are alive, I believe, or safe at a certain age. Uh, I have no doubt that the millions upon millions and upon millions upon millions of babies that have been aborted are safe and secure in the arms of God. I don't have any. I, I don't have any kind of uh, you know other than the verses where David talks about he'll see his son again. Um, but again, I believe that they're safe. They're not redeemed the same way we are, that once we're dead spiritually, the newness, the quickening of that spirit, the renewing of that, um, they're not in the same category, I don't believe, but I believe that they are um, eternally safe and secure in the arms of God. So, uh, 
Okay, verse 12. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceedingly or exceeding sinful. So again, I think this is talking about the fact that he understood that there's bad things. He was a sinner, like as far as he did sin. But then when he understood the full gravity behind that, I think that's what he's talking about here. In verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Talking on his flesh now, carnal, the flesh, sold under sin. For that which I do, now this is speaking now, the part what I talked about at the beginning, uh, about how the struggle between the flesh and the spirit. He knows he has newness of spirit. He knows that he, is, uh, he has the ability to not sin, <laughs> as uh, we talked about last week with Brother James. And the fact that we have this freedom now, but we subject ourselves in our flesh and uh, through our mind. And we'll see that here, here in a second. It says, uh, now, when I was young, and I try to read these passages right here, I would get confused. So I'm going to read them really slow because it kind of goes back and forth. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Okay, it's it's sort of a interesting way of saying it, but the fact that he's like, look, I want to do good. Okay, and the spirit that's in me wants to do good, and then my flesh doesn't do that. I give over to the flesh. Verse sixteen: If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more that I, or excuse me, no more I that do it, but sin. That dwelleth in me. Now, wait a minute, Brother D'Angelo. You said that we're, you know, we're free from that. We're no longer dead in sin. Spiritually speaking, we are no longer dead in trespasses and sins. We are a new creature in Christ Jesus, seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The flesh of his flesh, the bone of his bone. We are part of the body of Christ. Eternally secure, safe, sealed, whole nine yards. But inside this corruptible flesh, this corruption, the skin, this, this body of flesh that we know, it's a struggle. And that's the sin that dwells in you. This body of flesh was turned into sin. What God created perfect in the Garden of Eden, on the day they ate of it, ate of that fruit that they weren't supposed to eat of, they died. Spiritually, they died, and they passed death, corruption, this flesh, on through the, that's, that line. That's why Jesus Christ, and we'll read about this on Monday, and you can read it right now. When he came, he didn't, wasn't born of man. He was born of the Holy Ghost, and he came through the, the virgin conceived and brought forth a son. He wasn't of the line, but he was still fully man. He's still fully a man. He came in the flesh, but still 100% the Godhead. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead. You know, there's a Christmas, quote-unquote Christmas song that talks about that. That's true. 100% God, still fully man at the same time. Body, soul, and spirit. We've talked about that before. 
But us, brethren, still have this body of flesh, the sin that dwelleth in me. Might as well write my name in here. The sin that dwelleth in Mike D'Angelo. Ugh. Verse 18, for I know that in me, here he clears it up, that is in my flesh. This is Paul, the greatest Christian that has ever lived, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Now, Paul's not saying here that he didn't understand the fact that he's living in the spirit because he talks about it all the time. But the fact is, is that in his flesh, in his own mind, in his own his own knowledge, his own knowledge. He's searching for a way to just, if I just set up these little rules here and I just do that, I'm going to be a really good Christian. That's wood, hay, and stubble. You're going to fall every single time. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I, that I do. <laughs> my dad's asking, who's Mike D'Angelo? Michael D'Angelo. I guess my mom's watching. Yes, she is watching, so... Sorry, she wants to call me Michael. So, Michael, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Uh, there's some, uh, Brother Ryan Swope here is talking about it's it's not a true personal relationship and they will go right back to living and practicing sin if they think heaven is pleasures of this world. And not all about a personal relationship. Speaking of that, false converts. It's just like a marriage if somebody wants to go into a relationship and marriage because their goal is to be all about what they can get what they want and what their flesh desires, well, guess what? Their marriage will be ruined and destroyed and not last. Uh, except that, you know, speaking of the, the spiritual marriage, um, that's gonna, that's, that will last if it is truth. But uh, it is the same spiritual. That's true. Brother Ryan. Good to see you there, brother. All right. Uh, let's finish up the rest of it. But it just talks about, uh, I find then, uh, verse 19, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that do I do. Boy, that's me all the time. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. The mind of Christ, the Holy Spirit, is going to be constantly convicting you <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> constantly convicting you of the fact that you are not supposed to be doing that don't do that don't do that and there's that war that goes on constantly 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 that's the groaning that's within us that groaning of that spirit where we want to be absent from this body this body of flesh but God's kept us here for a reason. And see that warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. It's still there. That's why he talks about uh, that, pray that your whole body, soul, and spirit be redeemed. Right now, we are sealed. Our spirit, well, you know, when we die, I believe that, you know, our spirit, little s, is our mind. When we're brain dead, we're out of here. And it's reunited with the soul. Well, I'll talk about that some other time. Uh, but the fact is, is that that happens, but your body of flesh goes into the ground. You die with before the catching away, you go into the ground. 
that corruption. But one day, here's the blessed hope. He talks about this in Thessalonians. The blessed hope is that one day that body will be redeemed in a new body. A glorified body will be given. Those that are dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up. I can't wait for that. I cannot wait for that. All right, verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That's a good question. Verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. The mind, that's where we talked about yes, uh, last week where we talked about the helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation means to like remember, take it. Make sure you put it on to remember, reckon, as we talked about in, verse, in chapter 6. Brother James brought up some awesome points about that. The fact that we need to remember who we are now. Who we are now is the way of escape. Oh, I'm a child of the king. I'm a saved individual. I should not be doing these things. But if we forget, and some people, this is something interesting. Some people get to the point where they forget a lot. Uh, guilty. Where I forgot for several years. I was chastised. I was really chastised. Um, but I was sort of forgetting all the time. Wanted to just go with that law of my mind. I wanted to just serve the flesh. And I was treated as a child. Mistreated. I was spanked. Numerous, numerous times. And it's just that strong will had to be broken of that, uh, the law of my mind. I was serving that, uh, serve the, uh, the flesh, the law of sin, but with the flesh. I was staying in that flesh a lot. Now, after an amount of time, God may deal with you ultimately because we know that there is a sin unto death. Speaking of like, you want to, you want to sit there and sin. Uh, by the way, I wanted to bring that up at some point in time, but, uh, uh, sin unto death. Speaking of like, there is sins. Like if I want to live and, and do things in the flesh, consume things that uh, are harmful to my body and it will kill me. Um, drugs, uh, bad eating habits, I mean, whatever, you just pick it out there. So uh, we just have to remember that kind of stuff. All right, so, but with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. If we are given over to the spirit, the mind of Christ, let this mind be in you. And remember, and, oh, I'm a, I'm a new creature now. We can serve God. Serve God through the power of the spirit. All right, so... I thank God as well. I hope that's happened for you out there. And uh, so we'll get down to uh, the last 15 minutes or so. We'll give it up for some um, some more comments here. Brother Abraham here says, This chapter refutes those wicked street preachers who say that true Christians are sinlessly perfect. <laughs> Almost every street preacher on YouTube teaches work salvation. Such a shame. <laughs> yeah. You know, if... Immediately, when you hear somebody sitting there saying that you can be sinlessly perfect in this life that is in this body of flesh, yep, you know to run the other direction. Okay? That's not even close. All right? Now, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No. 
See, there's two, two different sides of the road. So the people are just like, oh, it don't matter what you do. You can just live any way you want. God understands. All, no, 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 no. I, don't, I seriously have problems with people that think that you can just come to God any way you want. He's told you you have to come as a broken, repentant sinner. To come any other way is to try to jump over the, the sheepfold, try to get in some other way instead of going through the door. <laughs> no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the way, the truth, the life. Uh, you think you can just, well, I'm gonna, I, I, can just, I can just believe, and I can just be over here, and I can just live how I want. No, no, no. Need to come to the end of yourself. Need to come to the end of yourself. All right. So, Brother Abraham, that's a good point. All right. Brother Tim is on here. Hey there, brother. Everybody's saying hello to Brother Tim. And he says, nice lights in the background. Yes. Yeah. I have uh, some lights up here. And, uh, again, that's not to that's not uh, to put anything in front of anybody. Um, I just thought it would be a nice, a nice little touch for this time of the year. Now, I understand that some brethren have a problem with that, and uh, I can appreciate that, okay? And uh, so, but, uh, yep, we got some lights on, just one strand of lights. And uh, like I said, we're going to read uh, the account in, uh, in Luke on Monday night, so I'm looking forward to that. I hope you join me live. I, can, I don't know what time it's going to be yet, uh, but I uh, hope you join me for that. So, celebrate uh, Christ's birth, the God manifest in the flesh. I celebrate that every day because without that, brethren, we are in a sad state of affairs. If God never came, we would still be subject to that law. We would still be bringing sacrifices, a whole bunch of different things. And without controversy, though, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Amen. I'm glad that God was manifest in the flesh. He was shown to us, made clearly visible. That's why verses like uh, John chapter 15, John chapter 15, verse 24, if I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. He was fully God, okay? God manifest in the flesh. So you mean they saw the father? Jesus was saying they did. Now, either that's a huge contradiction in the Bible, or I just take it for what it says, okay? Separate body, soul, and spirit. Three, these three are one. So, all right. <laughs> My dad says, uh, brain dead, you leave your body. Question, does that mean that the entire cast of The View are the walking dead then? <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> you know, brain dead. <clears throat> Good one. Gabriel, regarding Galatians 3, verses 16 through 18, and verses 28 and 29, God made a covenant with physical Jews, seed of Abraham, and born-again Christians are spiritual Jews. Hmm. 
I don't know what I think about that, Brother Gabriel. Um, I don't know I would say that we are spiritual Jews, okay? Uh, there's neither Jew nor Greek um, now. In Christ, we are one. Uh, I'm forgetting the verse now where it talks about there is neither male nor female, Greek. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I studied in replacement theology, heretics get mixed up with physical Jews, nation of Israel, and spiritual Jews, body of Christ, and take those verses literally. Yeah, and and that's, but I would say, though, that, you know, there's no, I don't, unless uh, you can show me a verse where he talks about we are spiritual Jews now. I haven't seen that in the Bible, Brother Gabriel, so I just, I understand what you're saying, but I would, uh, I, w- I would be careful with that. I would be very careful. Okay, here's a good one. Brother Brian Harlow says, uh, Brother Michael, what is your approach to teaching your kids the Bible without trying to lead them into a false conversion? Okay, so when we talk about different things, uh, my wife, you know, reads, you know, Bible verses to them and different things like that. Um, We don't bring up the fact of uh, salvation or going to heaven or different things like that. Well, and first of all, my daughter is not quite three years old yet. She turns three in March. So we've really just begin under, you know, just introducing God created the world, you know, this, because I know they're going to be bombarded. I told the story of uh, when we went down to D.C. in the Natural History Museum, there's, you know, billions of years ago this happened and all this kind of stuff. They're going to be bombarded with it. So we get them grounded in the fact that God Almighty created the heaven and the earth, everything. And so that's where we start out. So we get them started out with that. And I think that's a good foundational thing. Because then once they understand that, then we are introducing the fact that Adam and Eve, God made perfect, and then they disobeyed God. Now, my daughter understands disobey. My wife is trying to get her to repeat the words, now you need to obey. She says, obey? Yes, obey. But she doesn't understand the concept yet, okay? Very clearly does not. Um, so <laughs> that's the, the point is, is that we're trying to teach her the concepts of the fact of, yes, you do bad things, but we're introducing first the creator God. And then as we continue on, we're going to understand, start teaching more about man's fall. Genesis, the beginning of the Bible is so important to understanding that. And then when they understand that, when they can understand that, oh, you mean like I sin? Or like I do wrong, that's that's sinning against God. Once they can kind of understand that, then you can introduce the fact of what it says. Uh, he provided a way of escape when he tells uh, Eve, uh, or the the I think the serpent when it talks about bruises heal, he'll crush your head. Then you can start introducing the concept of that God was manifest in the flesh and start getting into that. I think that that's probably the way we're going to approach that. And so I hope that answers your question. All right, so we're now we're talking about the Yeah, we're talking about uh still talking about the uh, nation of Israel and the spiritual Jews kind of stuff. You're born into the nation of Israel by spirit of adoption. Wherefore we cry Abba Father. Here, uh P-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-
Yeah. That's verse 15 of uh, Romans 8. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And if children, the heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. It just doesn't talk about us being joint heirs to the physical promises of the nation of Israel. So, yeah, I would just be careful with that. Yeah, and Brother Gabriel um, talking about um, just being careful. And again, I, we just if we just use the scriptural um, terms and definitions, um, we'll we'll avoid all those kinds of things. But I do understand that you weren't trying to uh, go through the whole replacement theology and and make a stand for that by any means. Um, I do understand that. Yeah, spiritual Jews does not uh, appear in the scriptures. No, and not anywhere. And I think if we just kind of can. Get back to the Word of God on that. Uh, that would help a lot. Uh, Mr. Burns here, Andrew Burns. Brother Burns says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having the seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That's right. Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Uh, we should seek to live in the Spirit every single day and <laughs> be good ambassadors. Be ambassadors. Be uh, recognizing on a minute-by-minute basis of who we are now, our standing. Uh, also keep in mind, Brother Tim says, our millennial inheritance depends on suffering for Christ, whereas the Jews get it unconditionally. Ooh, Brother Tim, we're going to talk about that. I, I understand what you're saying on that, but um, I got some interesting... Uh, I'm going to bring some stuff up about that. Um, I almost did with my dad one night, but um, I don't really see us getting a millennial inheritance. Uh, There's a time frame. Now, I want to be really, I don't have a lot of time to go into this, but there's a time frame that talks about a specific time frame. It says, rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years in Revelation, I believe, 19. And, And I don't think that that, applies to us because it speaks about those that were beheaded for the cause of Christ. Uh, Revelation 20, sorry. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast It is giving a specific Neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now, Paul talks about us being, we rule and reign with Christ, but never gives a time frame. This is a specific time frame, a millennial reign, and uh, so I think us in this dispensation are not a part of that uh, that that quote-unquote inheritance of that, of that land there, but uh, we can talk about that another time. Okay. Hey, Brother Chester is here. Uh, Brother James is dead. Hello, Brother Chester. Okay. So, anyways, that's uh, that's where we're at tonight. And I don't want to get... I didn't want to really get into the uh, millennial stuff, but Brother Tim, you brought it up. So, I do understand where you're coming from. Uh, I got some things I'd like to... Uh, talk about uh, scripturally speaking 
And uh, so we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah. So everybody can kind of uh, see all those different things. Um, is there any other like questions? So somebody wants to put up like a question. Uh, make sure you preface it by saying question and then start it out and we'll do that. Uh, if you guys are talking back and forth, that's fine in the chat. So, well, thank you, brother Chester. He says, great discussion, brother. Enjoying this Bible fellowship. Yeah, me too. Um, this has been great. And again, I, I just want to make sure that um, I'm being very careful by saying that I'm not come to, I don't want you to come to any kind of conclusion tonight. Uh, study through that. Uh, I just have, it kind of solidifies it for, in my mind, speaking about um, when sin revives and you die. When does that happen? I don't know. I think it's different for everybody. Um, but I do know that people need to come to the realization of who they are and whose eyes they are that. Okay. Once they can understand that and they can acknowledge that and admit it, like, oh, yes, I'm a sinner in the eyes of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. In me, there's nothing gets good. I'm in a lot of trouble. And then you need to believe on the one that can do something about that trouble, the one that fulfilled all the law, the death of the testator, the, 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 <laughs> that God provided a way of escape. He came. And died for your sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures, for your sins and for mine. All of them. He, when he said it is finished, that means he was, it took care of everything. It was done, it's accomplished. He took our place. And then confessing both of those in, a, in, in whatever you want to call it. It's not calling upon the name of the Lord. It's not a set phrase or whatever. It's going to come right from the heart. Once that belief happens, simultaneously, you're going to be crying out to the one that can help you. And that's where it's at. Yes. Brother Jeff talking about uh, John fourteen six. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am. The I am that I am was standing there speaking to his disciples right there. Yep, Brother Jeff, amen and amen. So here we are. It's 10 o'clock. We've hit an hour that we've been on. And if anybody doesn't have any other questions, I really appreciate the fact that uh, you've joined me tonight. Um, I never know how many people are going to come in um, and join on these live streams. I know a lot of people watch them afterwards or whenever they get a chance, but I really understand. Um, I really understand uh, the fact that people don't always have time to, to to listen live, and but I do appreciate when they do because we can bring up different things. Like, for example... At the end of the day, knowing difference between physical Jews and spiritual Jews is not important in getting saved and born again. It's not a salvation issue. That's correct. I just want to be careful with uh, how we teach that. And then, Brother Tim, I hear what you're saying, Brother Michael. I've thought the same thing. For now, I take the stance that it's a millennial reign, but, yeah, it could be something else. And, again, um, there's a lot of good brethren out there that may see it differently. Um, I just There's a lot of different things that happen in the time of Jacob's 
trouble. And the fact that there's a physical land, the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of heaven was never promised to us Gentiles in this dispensation. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And uh, the place uh, for those uh, time of Jacob trouble saints is uh, here on this earth, and they'll be cleaning up for a long time because it's going to be so much destruction. And then they're going to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. It's very specific. And uh, so I just tend to, to agree that it's not something worth uh, breaking fellowship over. And I know Brother Tim doesn't think is so either. So, yeah, Brother Harlow says, I'll study the millennial reign more for future discussion as well, too. That's good. It's I want to bring out some stuff on that, but right now we're just going foundational with a lot of things here, so. Okay. I think that's it. <laughs> All right. I never know how to end these, especially when there's a lot of good discussion going on. Um, but, uh, and I'll read your email. Uh, send me, Brother Ryan said he's going to send me another email. Appreciate that. Okay. Uh, I think that's going to be it for now. All right, we'll end it like that. And then uh, any comments uh, do you want to leave down in the uh, when this gets uploaded completely, you want to leave uh, some more comments or questions or something like that, you can do that um, underneath there later on, okay? Good talk tonight, everybody. Thank you for joining me uh, on Let This Mind Be In You. Don't forget all the podcasts that will be going out here, well, shortly. And um, you can go back and listen and again, um, I really am thankful for everybody joining here for as long as this last. Uh, I haven't heard anything more. Um, we're still here on YouTube. So, and then tell all your friends, subscribe while you can. And then um, again, if anybody knows anything about websites, let me know. All right. Love you in the Lord. Uh, be ambassadors today, tomorrow, every minute. Live in the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. Walk worthy, brothers. All right, brothers and sisters that are out there. Okay, love you in the Lord. God bless, and uh, have a great night, and uh, we'll see you on Monday, Lord willing. Okay, good night.